Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast, it's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic, you can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com, or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're getting closer and closer to the most unnatural kind of death. You have killed and you will kill again. Beyond shock, beyond horror, into total terror. What was that? Murder runs wild. Blood runs cold. Terror runs deep red. Everywhere you turn, death is running with you. into deep shock. Deep Red Rated R. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. that far ah you know, well you know you know who you are everybody else ignore that everybody knows who they are yeah uh yeah our stream's not working what are you talking about i'm looking at it really i'm looking I'm not... at it it says live three minutes 38 seconds mine says not available right now <laughs> i'm looking right at it all right well they Ignore me then. I'm glad Here, to be wrong. I'm going to show everybody. I just put it on the screen. It says live, three minutes, 57 seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the link you sent me didn't work, but I the link you sent me didn't work, but I see it now. Okay. <laughs> now I got to pause it because there's the, the lag and it's driving me insane. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Don't do that. All right. 
There you go. Uh, uh, so, so the person proving me wrong is Joey, and I am the now smooth chin Scott. Yeah, look at this. I mean, what a difference. Like, Check out last episode. See what happened. I shaved off my COVID year, COVID beard, one year to the day. Got rid of it. Starting fresh. Getting ready for pool season. Just oh, so much weight gone. <laughs> the you know. beard must have weighed at least a couple of pounds. It was oof, it was something. I was but something. uh, yeah. So, uh, welcome to Movie Sucktastic, where we talk about movies. And if you you don't want to listen to people talk about movies, don't click on the link in YouTube. You a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, all of these videos that we post, it very specifically says that this is a Movie Sucktastic review. Yeah, I and, and you expecting know what? anything else, we shouldn't even waste our time with a response. And, and you know what? If you're upset that it's not a 10-minute uh, little, uh, uh, you know, top 10 list or something, it's called an attention span. Shut the fuck up or go watch <laughs> PewDiePie or whatever the fuck's out there now. I don't know. PewDiePie. Um, yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, uh, all, all the all this shit is these days, it's literally snippets, you know? Yeah. It's reaction right. videos, uh, mm-hmm. unboxing videos, something that will take five to ten minutes of your time. And which, which is great. Which is, li- listen, if I'm looking for a, f- a movie review and I see that it's an hour and a half, two hours, I probably, you know, might not click on that because it's like, I would just like the 10 minute version. See, but for me, it depends on the film. It depends on the film. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is, this is a podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Google you know, iHeartRadio, all Stitcher, all the other places. This is intended. Th- this isn't intended to be a quick. You know, we we delve into this. It's it's what you would call in the movie industry as a slow burn. We're we're, we're adults. We have an attention span. We like to talk about things. Um, and yeah, five or ten minute videos is. Uh, I watch them too, but they're great for someone that's building a brand to franchise and make money. We're not making a fucking dime off of this. No, and this, we don't cost, care. this costs us money. Yeah, and we don't care. No, we, we, don't, care. we don't care. Oh, by the way, you mentioned it. Uh, re- reaction videos and unboxing videos, if right. you're a fan of those, kill yourself. <laughs> I, what the fuck's wrong? What, what fuck wrong you? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand the reaction videos. Uh, I, and I, for me the, to... The reaction videos, I almost get... But it, the unboxing things is, oh, I'm going to watch somebody else open something. Yeah. Best Christmas ever. I know. Um, but the re- the reaction videos, I don't for one second believe that your reaction is actually genuine. I still want to do a, rea- a reaction video of me watching Avatar. The whole film, sh- the whole thing's like this. <laughs> We could probably just put a static image of you in the corner. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a slideshow of three. Every once in a while, we'll we'll change it up where it's like maybe a a couple of frames different, like the eyebrow lift. Every fiftieth image is just a quick shot of me with a gun to my head. <laughs> uh, but speaking of death, uh, no, let's not do that. Well, no. Well, this episode, uh, we are oh. reviewing. Um, this is probably the first Giallo film we've actually reviewed. Uh... Yeah, possibly. But, possibly. I, I'm pretty but, sure. But yeah. plenty more on the way because we are in the 70s and going into the 80s. 
Yeah. So there's so, definitely going to be more of these. Yeah. So very quick setup. Uh, um, our current, if you're not familiar with the show, our current setup is that every episode, one of us challenges another one to a, a movie review that we have to do. And we're going by year, starting from my birthday, because right. I'm the oldest. And um, right now we're in 1975. Five, yeah. And uh, my challenge to Joey was the Jer Dario Argento film, Deep Red. That's uh, right. Now, this is a film I've mentioned in previous episodes. Uh, I've often mentioned my um, disdain for Argento in the past, and I, I was a huge fan of his as a kid. Uh, he, he's like other artists that, like, you, as a kid I liked, and then as an adult I really realized they were hacks, like uh, like um, George Romero, for example. Sure. And, and they're still, they still, you know, their old stuff still has credit, but everybody like gave these people this worship status and they never, and they just lived to not fulfill it. Kevin Smith's another one, you know, <sighs> although he's done some minor, re he's redeemed himself a little bit in my eyes with some of his films recently, but not a lot of them. Well, sure. Like um, Tusk, we reviewed yeah, Tusk and we really I, enjoyed that. I was surprised how much I enjoyed that. And I'm, so which shows I'm, I'm not just holding grudges. I'm willing to look beyond stuff. Um, and Deep Red, I was happy to have as our first Giallo review because i still say to this day this is my favorite argento film because it's the closest he's ever come to having a reasonable plot yeah yeah that is and, that is for sure um and there's multiple cuts of this film multiple right now there, i think um, there's three main ones which is a um an export uh version which i believe mm -hmm. is uh, it, actually i know it's the one i watched it's an hour and 45 minutes and there is a director's cut. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. A VHS cut or a Laserdisc cut, which was an hour and 41. Oh, yeah, and no. then there's like the full uh, full uncut version, which is an hour or two hours and seven minutes. Right. Uh, I watched both uh, the, um, the export cut and the director's cut. Okay. Uh, because I want to do things like that. And I gave Joey a choice on which one he was going to watch. I ended up watching the export. Not because it was shorter, but it was just the one that I had. Which is fine, because really, in in some ways, you're not really missing anything. <clears throat> but in other ways, you are. Right. So that'll be interesting discussion. Okay. So uh, you take the, take the wheel, sir, please. So the film starts off of... It, this is a very artistic film. Just get it right off the bat. I mean, they, mm -hmm. it does some very... Um, for the time period, it does some very inventive things like the first person perspective in a lot of the shots and i'm sure it's never not that it hasn't been done before but for this time period it probably hadn't been done very often well i, I can't really think of another film that did it like this one thing i can point out for you is that one of the uh common things of the uh, with the giallo films is uh povs of the killer like stalking their prey, right. usually with leather gloves. It's a big thing. So sure. that, that's and, and that's to hide yeah. because you odd. Uh, in most instances, if you see the hands, you could pretty much tell if it's a man or a woman. If you put the gloves on, that's it, the whole point, it right? hides that, and it kind of it, it kind of keeps the suspense of of who is actually killing uh, mm -hmm. a, a hidden secret longer. So. And Argento is also heavily influenced by Hitchcock, so you get a lot of those close-ups of the eyes, right? And uh, face facial expressions, things like that. Uh, a lot of sudden jumps and zooms and things, and yes, sometimes they work. Sometimes they work. <laughs> so the film opens right. up with um, this 
child's music playing. Oh, oh the opening credit scene. Yeah, the opening, right, okay. opening credit scene where you basically just see like a silhouette of someone stabbing someone. You mm-hmm. know, very Hitchcockian words. Eh, 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 you know, it's very similar with, to with that. A chi- with, a, with a childhood theme in the background that comes up throughout the film. Exactly. And then you see a knife. Uh, you see a knife on the floor and you see legs walk up to it. Uh, Little kitty legs. Which you, yes. Yep. Which you are to believe as a child uh, picking up the knife or going to the knife. Now, first thing I want to mention. Yeah. Is that both both versions that I watched have that same opening. Although it um, the the scene comes in the middle of the opening credits, which I've, I've seen people say how like this is a nice jarring scene, and I just think it's wrong. I think it should have come before the opening credits. I don't know why they stuck it in the middle because the because the opening credits have the Goblin soundtrack, which anybody not familiar with Goblin is anybody that loves Argento loves Goblin, which is this uh, um, I got electronic uh, rock kind of rock rockish kind of. Definitely, you know, electronic. They use synthesizers and moogs and uh, yeah. things like that to to drive the, their music. So the first the first Argento film I ever saw was Demons uh, as a kid, and that was has a heavy as a Goblin soundtrack too. Right. Um, Which now, got, you know Argento's used them for every movie or yeah, just yeah. about. He's, he's the reason people know who the hell Goblin is. I <laughs> my my opinion. I, no, my opinion. it's not your opinion. I'm not it, in the music. It's, it's fact. I, I'm not into music. If I was, maybe I'd, I'd know otherwise. I think one of my box sets, um, maybe Suspiria or Opera, I forget which, came with the Goblin soundtrack. It was. I would lean to. Lean, I would lean towards Suspiria on that. I'm, yeah. I don't. But I, 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 I want to say. I mean, it's in that closet back there. I'm not going to go get it. It's been a while since I watched Opera. I think Suspiria. I think it's a three disc set. It's one of those. You know, one of. You know, forty thousand or thirty thousand. DVD sets that they were coming out with. Mm-hmm. Um, opera was the one that you had to send back. Did you have to do oh, that yeah. with your opera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I remember that. There was something that. wrong with the disc. Like, it was uh, pressed incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you looked mm-hmm. around the center, it was, like, all bubbles and stuff. And the two the layers were actually starting to separate. And it hadn't even been used yet. It was just a manufacturing defect. Yeah. So, I just, you had to I, send... I, you sent... They gave you an envelope... And then you put your DVD case and everything in this. You sent it to them. They put new discs in, and they put a label on the on the actual uh, the sleeve, the insert that said "Opera like V2 or version two, so that you knew that you got the updated discs. I think I sold mine eventually. I don't think it's in my final collection now, but I, still uh, have I do mine. remember doing that. I still have I had to do the same thing with um, one of the episodes. I think Chimes of Big Ben of the uh, Prisoner series. Oh, okay. Not to get off track. The um, only the only other one I remember, and I actually didn't do it, which in the end it didn't matter because I have them on Blu-ray, is the Back to the Future trilogy. Apparently, the the aspect ratio is all messed up. Like it, it's I think it's a one eight five, but it's intended to be a two three five or a two four zero. So, sounds like the Criterion of Time Bandits. Yeah, yeah. So it it they ended up doing that where you had to send your box set and they replaced the discs and I just mm-hmm. never did. Um, I just never did. But I have it on Blu-ray, so you know because they were saying in that in the Back to the Future trilogy there were a lot of scenes that were getting cut off that you didn't see or say you missed the joke because of mm-hmm. the, how it was cut 
or the aspect ratio cut off those parts of the movie. Um, but yeah, the opera, you had to send it in and get a get your discs replaced and all that stuff. I want to remind somebody listening that I was asked to keep this episode short. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm exhausted, but, and I had a shitty day, and I asked yeah. Scott, I was like, you know, maybe we'll keep this one, like, short, like maybe an hour. And we're already, I don't know, we? 17 minutes in. So, hey, <laughs> enjoy well, all, this. Because okay. <laughs> I don't usually... I don't usually, when I'm tired, I usually just let Scott run. And I refuse to be used like that. That's not what you told um, me last night. Well, <laughs> but all I wanted to say is that uh, even though they're similar, there is a, I, I don't know, the, I don't, I didn't like worry about the exact difference, right. but there is a bit of a difference in like the placing of that scene in between the opening credits and the edits. And in the director's cut, for some reason, when those two kitty step kitty feet step towards the knife, right? In the director's cut, it's sped up, so they like boom. Oh, it's very subtle. Only an idiot like myself might notice it, and I don't know why they did it. Except they just felt like maybe the kid slowly walking towards the knife didn't work. I don't know. It's a very stupid little thing. Speeding it up um, seems silly to me. And that's what I'm saying, and it's 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 barely perceptible. Except I noticed. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not saying it makes a huge deal, but it's like, why even bother? I don't know. Um, so you can fast forward. Um, her name is what Helga, and she's Helga. a, uh, not a. I guess a not a psychic, but she psychic. can she can no, read people's minds. It's a psychic convention. Yeah, it's a psychic. Now, okay. real quick, uh, the big difference between the director's cut and the. Um, export cut is that the directors that for some reason they cut out and I know for pacing they did it for pacing there's a whole subplot involving nothing except the fact that the pianist and the reporter are like a love interest there's well, all these there's like a bunch of scenes where they're flirting with each other and they kind of cut all that out <laughs> what? arm wrestling yeah well they left the arm wrestling in um so, but which in, I believe is a take on the ending, and when we get to it, I'll bring it up again. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know, it definitely is. Yeah, there's a whole theme going through this. Uh, but what I wanted to mention is in the version you saw, it starts off with the psychic convention. Right. But in the director's cut, before that, there's a brief scene with our pianist uh, hero um, working with a jazz band, and it's no, it's I actually. I remember when I watched the 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 direct the um, export cut first. The one thing I thought was, you know, for a guy who's a pianist, um, I just like saying pianist. Pianist. Uh, for a guy who's a pianist, um, it's like that old Animaniacs we only, episode. We only, yeah, like we only see him play the piano once in this whole film. Well, there's two more scenes of him playing piano that was cut out. Yeah. That's in the director's cut, and you, were, you don't need it. No. Because he tells you he's a he, he plays the piano so many times. I'm a, that there's I'm, no I'm a, confusing. I'm a pianist. You ever see uh, you ever see that one episode of Animaniacs? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I think it, that's the one that had Mozart in it, and he keeps telling mm. the Animaniacs that he's a pianist, and they keep putting soap in his mouth. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's at this convention, and she says that she can... Um, oh, yeah, there's uh, animal cruelty right there. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know what the fuck Argento was thinking. I mean, I guess you could get you could get away with this shit. There's like three scenes of animal cruelty in this, like legit animal cruelty. Yeah, the the lizard scene I thought was cut out of certain versions. That might be the VHS version you were talking about. I they may have so. cut the, Yeah, I, I've always seen that scene, so I don't. I, I'm not familiar with a version without it, but I, there's got to be. Well, the thing is, uh, I read that the the animal cruelty scenes were removed. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were added back in in like 2010. Yeah, that's probably the versions we were watching. Yeah. Um, so and, and the ones they didn't use, they used in. Um, never mind. Continuing. <laughs> Did they use um, them in something else? No, no. Oh, was, no, no. Okay. I was going to make a joke and I, I thought better of it. Yeah, okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, so the psychic during the whole psychic presentation is like, oh, I, I, uh, John, yeah, you have keys in your pocket. It's like, yes. oh, wait, somebody's killed a man. <laughs> you have keys in your pocket. Uh, I've mine. A long one. Yeah. <laughs> you have a long key in there. Um, but yes, and then she starts screaming, and it was just so, it was so loud. Ah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of close-ups, a lot of over the, you know, different camera angles. You've killed, and you will kill again. POV... <laughs> POV shot of the killer giving themselves away by like, oh, I got to get out of here. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah, if anyone was just looking around, it'd be like, oh, shit. Uh, right. Might want to keep an eye on that one. So, so, and that's a setup for um, our pianist friend is right. hanging out in a plaza with his, um, his um, alcoholic gay uh, fellow pianist. Fellow pianist. And who, who plays the piano to survive. And right. he plays the piano, our hero, investigator, detective, however you want to call it, to uh, for art. Yeah, right. And so while they're down there, he sees a woman being killed in a window, and he dashes to help her. And uh, the, the, main, the main focus of the film, or the main focus of the whole mystery, is that while he's running down this hall to, save, to try to save this woman that has all these weird pictures in it, uh, he runs down the hall, and later he's like, you know, somebody, someone removed a painting because I swear there was something's different about this hallway, and that's like the nagging thought that that gets him right. involved. And his drunk friend, you know, they're talking about. It. He goes, "Well, maybe it was something important." I'm sorry, what? Something important. Now, now again, <laughs> this this is something where I'll give to Argento. Um, this that shot where the two guys are getting farther and further away as they're talking and they're yelling at each other. Right. This murder drives a wedge between this friendship, which we don't even know until like the third act. Third act, yeah. Right. So we're kind of telegraphing that with this. So or that, if uh, you're paying attention, you kind of think something's up when you don't see him for about an hour plus. Mm. <laughs> it's just when I was just like, where's his friend? I mean, like, they... they well, he's out drinking. We've established they, that. Yeah, no, it, it definitely there was a little something more there. When he kind of disappeared for a long time, I'm like, uh, okay, something's up. It's like, you don't just introduce this character just to never show them again. They're going oh, yeah. to appear again at some point, and I feel like it might be important. Well, he he, show, he he talks to him. He's a close friend, so he later talks to him more about the case, and that's where he's like, don't, you know, don't get involved. It's not going to end well. Don't. Mm -hmm. I'm, listening, I'm telling you. Yeah. Right. And again, they, one of the edited scenes is just the two of them. It's like 30 seconds. It's like it's just them at a bar playing on the piano together. <laughs> and it's just like just showing that how how close they are. Right. Uh, not needed for the plot. 
Uh, no. But it's a, just a nice little it, it, it's a nice little thing to show you that there really is a, a relationship here. Yeah. What I'll uh, probably do the the copy that well, I will end up keeping is probably going to be the two hour and seven minute one. I'll probably yeah, I, I I don't think there's a reason to keep the export cut. I'm keeping both because I'm weird like that. But I, uh, I usually yeah. do the same thing. But I feel like a film like this, I don't need to waste the hard drive space. You know, for it depends on the film, it depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of I I see enough I see enough value in the two different cuts that I want to keep them both. Sometimes I just keep the director's cut, but in this case, uh, the export cut has something to it for me. Maybe I'll change my so, mind. Maybe if I can, I uh, will see. I watch know. the director's cut first, and then then make the decision. <sighs> that means I'd have to watch this again. <laughs> I don't, now, I don't know. Maybe. All right. So, so one thing here's a, here's a well example. here's the thing. Well, real quick. No, nope, after you. No, the pianist. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. Uh, he hears the the scream and he's with his his drunk friend, who is uh-huh. drunk at the time, like really drunk. Um, uh-huh. He he hears the scream and it turns out that it's this Helga woman who was murdered, which is also his neighbor. Yeah. He, he lives, I believe below her. She lives above him. Like they all live in the same building. Yeah. It just, it's kind of weird like that. So, I mean, he gets involved. He kind of gets more involved because it's a neighbor and it's someone that he kind of knew or not really, but they lived in the same building. So he kind of feels like it's his responsibility in some way. Here's one of the differences between the director's cut and the export cut that I think is important. Watching the export cut, and I hadn't watched this in decades, so it was a nice refresher. And I'm watching the export cut first, and halfway through, like when like when they're breaking into elementary schools, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, why the fuck are you playing detective again? Yeah, there's, why, there's no reason. Why are you for doing it. this? Right. So the one thing they kind of take some time with the love interest angle to also underline is the fact that since he's been to the one crime scene and didn't call anybody and left fingerprints everywhere, he's now a prime suspect. (laughs) So now it's like, I need to find out who did this before they arrest me. Right. That's an explanation that's lost in the export cut. All you get is, Oh, well the reporter asked me to help. So now we're going to solve a crime. It, it's just, it gets a little silly. I, 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 again, when he breaks the glass at the elementary school, I was like, what are we doing again? <laughs> and then later in that scene, she's like, uh, maybe I should call the cops now. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, why now? But you realize that why now is because now they can prove who the murderer is. But when you remove that, it's just kind of weird. Like, now we've crossed the line. Now let's get the cops involved. Let's, yeah, let's do something. I do. I do like the fact, though, uh, and you never told me this, that in Italy, um, uh, cops uh, drink espresso at the crime scenes. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I love that shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the ones upset when there's not enough espresso for him is like <laughs> you, forgo- you forgot the Sambuca. What's wrong with you? And how do I know it's espresso and not coffee? Because of the tiny cups. The tiny Thank cups. You. Yes. Yes. Not a heathen. Now, as an Italian, how, how did you feel about this film? Well, I mean, it's directed by Italians in Italy. But I beyond mean, that, I mean, did you like anything? What do you mean, did I like anything? <laughs> what, what does that even mean? <laughs> no, I just, 
what, what did you think of it from an Italian standpoint? I mean, this is a far cry from going ape or um, or uh, Titanic. Going to America. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it was fine. <laughs> I don't really know how to answer this question. And no, I'm saying anything jump out that you thought was interesting from an Italian point of view? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean... I have no culture, so I have no reference. No, no, no. Well, you got, you have to also remember, I grew up in a household of 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 where Italian, Italian was was spoken mostly, um, and we we had a satellite dish put on our house for Rayuno Television, mm-hmm. which, if anybody knows what that is, that is a twenty four hour um, channel or channels because I believe there's more than one. Uh, of just Italian programming all day. No one knows that. No one knows Well, that. Uh, some people might. Well, <laughs> anyway, when I watch films like this that take place in Italy, uh, filmed entirely in different parts of Italy, it does have that Rayuno feel to it in these different locales that they use and um, essentially h- how the landscapes look and uh, how the actors you know, a- act on screen and whatnot. I get these little flashbacks to growing up as a kid in my house while my parents would watch Italian television because they would show, you know, at night they would show Argento stuff. They would show all kinds of things, movies and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whatnot all the time. Um, so I, I definitely, it's very familiar. Uh, Did it make I, you yearn for the motherland is what I'm asking you. Well, I've always wanted to visit. I never have. My wife, who's okay. Irish, had spent two weeks in Italy. I mean, it just kind of means that I should at some point go there because, you know, I, I can't not go there. As a matter of fact, the, the house that my father grew up in still stands over in Naples. So I should go and see where he grew up and the street that he grew up on. It would be kind sure. of interesting because from what I understand from my uncle who goes often enough, Nothing's really changed, but so but you kind of you could kind of live it through this movie, couldn't you? Live it? No, no, no. <laughs> no. All right. Well, there, there's some great imagery uh, from Italy in there. I like it, like the countryside and then the city and the uh, that te- that square that they, it's filmed in with that giant statue. That's a very great scene. Yep. Um, you know, get great visuals. Argento's good with that. He he knows how to handle a camera, but he gets a little full of him. He's like Sam Raimi. Sometimes he gets to go a little bit over crazy with, now let me do something wacky with the camera. So, it's Dario, di- Dario, please. Dial it back a little bit. Yeah. So um, he decides he's going to solve the case with this uh, reporter. Now, the reporter uh, played by, what's her name again? That's um, uh, uh, it's, uh, Gianna, uh, Daria Nicole. Uh, Nicolodi. Daria Nicolodi, who is his wife at the time. No, partner. I thought they were married. I don't believe they were actually married. I believe partner. It's like like Clint Eastwood with What's-Her-Face. Oh, but they were romantically entangled. Yes, yeah. No, they were partners for a long time, and she she worked on many of his other films, too. Right. And Um, what's interesting is her her name in the film is uh, Gianna. 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 Uh, which that's that's my sister's name but it uh-huh. was never and and it's different dialects from different parts of the country her name was never pronounced pronounced gianna my sister's name is pronounced janna uh-huh. so it, it i don't know it must be a, a regional thing different right. parts of the country will pronounce it differently the pianist the pianist is pianist. played by david hemmings and yeah. i gotta tell you uh i like him in this movie yeah 
Uh, Hemmings has a very um, likable, personable um, way about him. And he's very sympathetic. Maybe when he's not um, like rough handling the kid near the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> Where the <laughs> hell did that... you get this? Yeah, uh, I yeah, drew it. it. There is no way that you he's, did this. He's like a pushover. He's a pushover and a wimp with everybody in this film. But the minute he's, he's like a, like a, an eight year old with a drawing he doesn't like, he's like grabbing her by the arms like, "Where did you get this?" <laughs> well, and she was also the one that shoved the the needle or the spike in the the, the gecko. He didn't know that. All he saw was the drawing. That's all he saw. Yeah. So, but after this killing, uh, there are more killings. There are more. Um, and they're all connected to the first killing. Cause, and, but again, this is where Dario Gentra stuff always falls apart because there's no reason behind it. No. Uh, so we, we have to assume that the killer is following um, uh, Marcus, the pianist, pianist. Uh, all the time. Which, so by Marcus, the way, I'm sorry. Uh, so the copy that you watched, was it in Italian with subtitles or English? It was in English. Uh, it was dubbed English, but there were certain the, parts that the they parts never... that weren't the the parts that were okay. restored from the that weren't in the export cut are in Italian, right? With subtitles, right? Yeah. So what I noticed is because this is the first time I've seen this. I mean, I, I've seen just about everything Argento has done, but I never have seen this. Mm-hmm. So David Hemmings, um, he's obviously British. You know, because he throws in a you know bloody hell, and he and yeah. he sounds like Arthur. He he sounds like Arthur, uh, dialed back a little bit, just a little. You mean that drunk? Okay. Well, uh, no, he sounds a little drunk, like like if Arthur had just enough to catch a buzz, that's what he sounds like. You know, it's like ah, it's it's a, it's a little joke. <laughs> it's, it's just like he just sounds a little bit like Arthur, and I thought that was fun. <laughs> unintentionally fun so here's where argento stuff always falls apart and i maybe it's true for all giallo i don't know but this is the kind of stuff where i overlooked it as a kid but as an adult i just it's unforgivable this is how the progression goes so uh um marcus is talking to uh the guy who was a close friend with the psychic and his friend oh yeah he was at the convention with her he was sitting next to her right so they're talking, yeah, and the one guy's name? like, you know, uh, they mentioned that she said she thought she heard like a, 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 a kid's song. So the one guy goes, you know, I read this book once that had a story about uh, this um, murder and it involved a kid's song. And you should check out the book. And, of course, it's directly related to the murder. <laughs> and so the, the, so Marcus goes to the library and pulls a um, Chinatown with the book, rips the page out. One thing I found interesting, and this is, has no bearing on anything whatsoever, in the director's cut, uh, they show it's an Italian book, but in the export cut, it's an American book in that scene. They actually have two different books. Oh, really? Again, I, I just found it interesting that they took the time to say, okay, let's put an American book in the American one instead of just throwing a subtitle on or the export one. Right. I don't know. I found it interesting. So, and he's like, oh. Um, so he goes to a coffee shop and there's this, he has to shout this conversation. So the killer overhears him. Uh, oh, I'm going to go talk to this woman who wrote the book. So of course the killer's got to kill the author of the book. Right. <laughs> because I mean, he's already read it. And then the author of the book, uh, the killer has to play the kid's song to get in the mood. It's just, <laughs> you know, one of the killer's things. And so the author of the book, uh, I, I love this part where the author was like, Oh, 
my house is empty, but suddenly there's a doll hanging from a noose in the room. Let me investigate further. Yeah. Let me leave the house, walk around it, and go back in. And then when the lights go out, and she hears the song, immediately she's like, oh, yeah, it's that kid from my book. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, again, this is what Argento's known for. It's a very gruesome death where he, um, he uh, drowns the woman in boiling water or in a very, very hot water. Right. And uh, he, the killer is running the water. It's boiling hot. Um, shoves her head in there. Lifts it up. You get to see some damage. It's Disturbed. all red. Back in, back out, back in, back out, and then finally, yeah. just you know, it's like all just messed up. Ugh, my face. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then what's funny then- is the next day the maid is cleaning up, and she's uh, the the Marcus goes and talks to the to the psychic, uh, the friend of the psychic, and he's right. like, "Well, you know, I'll go over there and investigate myself, actually." And it's like, "You're gonna do what?" <laughs> What are you guys doing? Someone call the cops. <laughs> yeah, leave this to the professionals. So he so, goes over there, and the maid is is cleaning up, and she's talking about, there's so much blood in here, and I'm going to clean it up right now. And she goes and she starts wiping it up off the sink, and he's just looking. And they, the one thing you notice is the author is pointing uh, when they do the, the uh, pointing uh, the, towards something. So when he goes to right. visit... He sees the, it's not a chalk line. The cops did show up at some point. Um, he, it's a, a tape to, yeah. a tape line. And they have a tape line of her hand pointing at something. You can't chalk linoleum. No. Or no. tile. You can't chalk tile. Come on, man. Sure. I believe it was rug. It, it, now, it was actually I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. Because, the, again, this is where stylistically, the, the death scene where the, the, the woman, you know, in her last breath starts drawing in the steam on the tile and then like dies and then then the wind open window and all the steam slowly dissipates beautifully shot scene right logically that this guy walks in and figures it out in like five minutes no fuck no 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 and i'm sorry they're not they're not they're not going so far as a you know we should also make sure we specifically tape that one finger around because that's going to be important we're not going (laughs) to check it out but we're going to want to know what's pointing there for no obvious reason. Let's make sure that, you know, should we get the toes too? No, let's, let's work on the one finger and we'll get from there. Silly, beautiful, fun, but stupid. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So and now, now the, the psychic's friend, he's like, oh, were the cops here? Yeah, they, they didn't say they knew the killer, right? No, it's like, I know who it was. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go home and drink tea. Well, yeah. Because she she asks him, he goes, uh, she's like, what are you doing? He goes, I just want to know who the killer is. (laughs) And and now I do. And I'm just going to go home and like, you know, wait for a phone call Um, because there's no danger involved. And someone seems to be killing random people involved that are involved with this murder somehow. Right. Uh, Now, again, this bothered me. We go back to uh, and what's the guy's? I keep calling it the psychic's friend, but I will stick with that. The psychic's um, friend is back at his is house. It, uh, professor Giordani. Yeah, there you go. The professor goes back to his house. Had this beautiful ornate office, and we we go to him at the office in his office, and he's he's concerned. He gets up, and he walks all the way down this long hall to another room to pour himself a cup of tea. Okay. Why are you keeping the tea all the way from the? Are are you like trying to? 
are you trying to ration the tea? You're trying not to drink too much of it. Wouldn't you just bring the teapot into the office? There's another table you could put it there. It's just a weird, and it's got to be cold by now. How long has it been sitting there? And you're gonna walk in and pour yourself a cup of tea. I little thing again. Visually, it's compelling, but why the fuck are you walking across the house for a cup of tea? <laughs> I don't know. And did you notice that Argento has a has a thing about people dribbling? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah, the psychic does it, and then the professor does it. Yep. Uh, now, let's talk about the weirdest fucking scene in this film. Okay, let's do it. Actually, I was watching this late at night, and uh, my older daughter walked in the room. She's like, oh, what do you want? You know, she's, she'll see I'm watching the thing and hang about for a few minutes. So she comes just in this scene where he's he's standing there. He's like, there's somebody here, and I don't know who. And I've got a sword, and I'm going to wait. And, and the door opens, and the fucking... The puppet. What do you want to call it? Like, marionette. Puppet thing, wind up, dumbest fucking thing you've ever seen. Jigsaw before Jigsaw made it cool. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's like it's it's on. There's two movie posters of this. Uh, one is of that doll broken. I have, the I, other have one, I have one in the slideshow. And the other one is the uh, the doll hanging from the noose. I believe I have both in the slideshow. Maybe, um, I don't know. I know I have but, the, the doll for sure. And the doll again. Now. Let's circle around. Okay. There are there are sequences. Uh, there's two or three sequences where we we come to a velvet table covered with kids' toys. Okay. And the camera does little close-ups, and then like a, the leather glove will come out and like pick one up. And this has absolutely nothing to do with anything in the film. Period. <laughs> yes, a kid saw a murder. But apart from the wind-up marionette jigsaw freak doll. That runs across the room as a distraction when the when you really didn't need a distraction, the killer could have just come in through the side door. True. But instead the killer has you know has to set up the <laughs> There's when they show these tableaus, like the the, the killer like the first time you see it, there's like this long drawn out thing, marbles, little devil toy, and it comes to like a like a little baby and the little leather glove comes and picks up the baby and like, oh, this is important. No, it's not. Never comes up again. No, not at all. It's and and it would make sense that we were focusing on these all these toys if there was a child involved. Well, he tries to make you think that. But believe me, it, it, it makes no sense. But and, and believe me, I agree with you. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to make you think that the kid that the, he introduces, the one that is torturing animals, has something to do with it in some way. Much like in the way when the reporter comes in, um, what's her face? Gianna Brezzi. Gianna. Gianna Brezzi. I got to roll those R's. Brezzi. I um, can't do that anymore. You still. Oh, just work on it. You'll be fine. When she comes in and she's just like, hi, everybody. Hi. You know, I'm here to, you know, look at this crime scene and hang out because I'm a reporter. You, he kind of makes you think that, okay, something may be involved with this person. Because he then does that later on when the house is burning. Now, here, here's something else. Director's cut. There is no point where you can you seriously consider that she's the killer. Because they have so many things, scenes of them together mm -hmm. and working together. When you get rid of all those romantic or flirtatious scenes in the exports version, up until the time that she gets spoiler, I mean, just, do we have to say spoiler? We're talking about a movie. Of course, we're going to talk about all the aspects of it. 
fucking grow up. <clears throat> if you if you look at the review and you see that it's an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, two hours, we're talking about everything. Um, but up until the point where she gets stabbed, she's a possible candidate. Yes, in the export, in the export version, version, which is the one but, that I watched. Right, and I, I felt the same way. But then watching the director's cut, it's like, oh, totally different. There's no way she's not she's not even a contender. I mean, the the scene with the the, the house burning, right. which by the way. Great. I hate I hate to pick on the special effects, but <laughs> <laughs> they could have they could have not shown that the picture of the house with like flames coming out of the windows <laughs> where you can tell that the flames are this big and the pictures like that. Yeah. They could have just not shown that and had the, like that, that that blurry back background. That would have worked. Yeah, it really worked. It would have. The house of the screaming child. <laughs> Uh, but in the export version, when you you see her because she meets him at the scene because he uh, left her a note saying that he was going to go investigate it. Oh, there's mm-hmm. the doll. There's the poster with the doll. Um, the 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 shot that the, he has of her where it just has almost like this maniacal kind of look, almost like uh, very mysterious. Yeah, yeah. He ha- she has this look on her face where it's like it kind of steers you in the direction of she might be involved yeah no but again director's cut doesn't even occur to you it's like now 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 that's the house scene right can we talk about the house scene let's talk about the house scene how long was that scene hour hour and a half 68 minutes i think all right what the fuck (laughs) this this is where this again this is the things where argento becomes obsessed with showing stuff so we got to show the house Got to show the angles, and he's walking through the house, and he's looking at the glass, and then he's going through a hallway. Then he finds a cut. He's like, "Oh wait, there's something behind this plaster. The child's drawing. This has to be a clue." Does it really? Well, of course it is. And then he leaves, and he comes back later, and it's darker. He's like, "Now I'm gonna scrape more off." And he's like, "My God, can we make this scene any longer?" I know. Guess I mean, what? At, at we, what? We we can. <laughs> oh, and the director's because cut because in the director's cut. They have an extra scene when he leaves that painting. Yeah. He goes down to a flooded basement and digs around to find the little tool that he uses to scratch off the plaster. <laughs> the most unnecessary thing you could ever put in a film. It's like, let me find. He could have just like bent like there's the, the house is in shambles. He could have just picked up a fucking piece of metal at his foot. And you wouldn't even thought twice. Oh, a broken hinge. Yep. But you know no. what's interesting? I'm watching. They show him go into the basement. You know what's interesting? I'm watching the film, and he's using his hands to start off with. Right. And then he's got this a tool that he's using, and I yeah he no leaves joke, and comes back. But no joke, I'm I'm like, I was like, oh, where do you get that thing from? I'm like, I'm well, assuming he got it somewhere in the house. But I would you're s- gonna love this thing because you're gonna <laughs> love the, the 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 lengthy scene where we show him wander down, and then a still shot of a flooded basement, and he. Climbs down the stairs, steps over the water on these flooding, like on like these desks and stuff. Leans over, and you can hear like he's looking for something. This is you know a nice establishing shot, and then it cuts to him up at that. Then it cuts to what you see, where he's like, "Oh, I'm back now, and I'm going to start scraping." <laughs> because it wasn't long enough. No. And then he's like, "Oh, wait a minute! I've obviously there's there's a window there. It's supposed to be there." Should I check to see if there's a door that was covered over first? No. Let me climb out on the ledge. Start banging at the house. Yeah. Now, the him climbing out on that ledge to try to break a hole in the wall 
with like a like a like like the hammer from from uh, um, Shawshank Redemption. Oh. <laughs> I the the one thing I don't believe whatsoever is that while he's up there, he drops the flashlight in in like it breaks through the glass into this greenhouse. Right. Then once he he slips and falls, there's this lengthy scene of him, you know, let's build the tension. Is hey, I got to climb down and not fall. They cut back to him inside the house again. This time he's like, oh, maybe I should look for a door first. And he got the flashlight. <laughs> no way he found that flashlight. No. That was a, that was a neglected greenhouse for like 20 years. Fell through the glass. He's not digging for that. That should have been a whole scene. <laughs> it would have been better than him trying they to sp- find a, they spent the scrape all the time. Tool. Yeah, they spent all the time with the director's cut showing him going. And why did he go into the basement to look for a scraping tool? This is a huge house. Like, let me check the flooded basement first. No reason for it. And like mm. you said, he probably could have just picked up something off the ground. And to be honest, if that scene did exist, if that scene did exist of him going in the basement, because the house is in shambles, they could have very easily had him just look around the room he was in and find That's something. That's what I just said. Yeah. And it would have been believable. Oh, you did just say that? I, I did. Well, like five minutes ago because I've been rambling. So oh. I forgive you. <laughs> you forgive me. Thank you. Oh, let's real quick. The professor scene. Yes. Uh, now, uh, when the killer breaks in and grabs him, uh, the killer starts like just this pounding on his teeth right. with every surface he can find. And the fact that they really they don't use a dummy, they actually use him. Right. And they're really trying not to break the actor's teeth. They don't really it doesn't really work as well as it should. You, <laughs> no. can, you, know, you can tell the killer's holding back. Well, yes, know? of course. But, and then the killer kills him with his own sword replica that he was going to use as a self-defense weapon. Yeah, when he picked it up, he kind of was like, yeah. You kind of make this face like, yeah. I'm set. But the, so the killer, that that tells me the killer set up the, the wind-up toy that there's no way that thing walked through the hallway in real life. You know, obviously on strings. Obviously. So so that right there, credence goes out the window. Um, credit, Sorry, credibility. Um, but that means the killer set up that distraction went around the side, attacked him through the side door, and didn't have a weapon ready. Yeah, how how do you have that much preparation without right. having any? Right. The killer's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go to town on those teeth. And then it's like, oh, sword. Hey, neat. Sweet. And yeah. then there's that shot of him, uh, what is it, almost like hitting, did he hit like the mantle or something? First the mantle, then the desk. Yeah, yeah. right. So... That was I got a, I got a nice screenshot of the desk yes. part because that was that Seen was the it a best couple of shot. times on on rotation already. Mm. Profundo yeah. Rosso. I love that picture of the just the him like he comes up. <sighs> no, it looks nice, Dario. Apparently, uh, what's his uh, Lucio Fulci? He had yeah. a shop in Italy called and Prof- he called it Profundo Rosso after this yeah. movie. I I think it's a coffee shop or. A bar, something, something like that. But yeah. he named it after this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we gotta get some some Fulci films. Jesus Christ, uh, that's coming. And that's the thing. I mean, all of these Giallo films that have a huge following. It's it really it's it's a branch off of exploitation cinema, which to me says the quality is not there. No. It's just the same as like like being being fond of uh, Last House on the Left. Let's say, not a well-made film. There's some there's some there's some credibility to the film being why you know there's reasons why everyone still likes it, but uh, 
I mean, they're low budget and they stretch credibility because they're really just going for visuals and raw feeling. And that's understandable. And that's why people like the films. So it almost sounds nitpicky, like going through Argento stuff and saying, oh, this is stupid and this is stupid and this is stupid. Because, <laughs> yeah, we know that. We don't care, Scott. Shut up. But, uh. Hey, no. <laughs> did I now? Did, did I skip a murder? I feel like I skipped a murder. Okay, so you had Helga. Yeah. And went right to the, to the author. Right. And then. No, maybe not. Then, to the professor. the professor. Right. Then. Then um. Then his drinking buddy comes back. Um. Yeah. So he's at the house investigating the house because right. that's going to give him clues, and somehow, of course, it does because. And that, I think it's like the well, one. We're thing in the can, third act in this point, so anything right. that you're seeing is it's it's integral to the story. Yeah, I, I think I think a common thread a lot amongst a lot of these Giallo films is that the the investigating lead character is usually not a policeman. He's a he's a private detective, or he's a musician, or he's a journalist. They 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 make these weird leaps in logic, and they always pay off. Yeah, and that, you know, it's just it's just part of the thing. You know, um, so when he goes to the house, he finds the room that was closed off. And uh, we see that the um, aftermath of the opening scene from the film, a dead guy in a chair, Christmas tree is still there. So now we put two and two together and we got this picture, kids drawing of a murder. And, uh, oh, oh, he left before that piece of plaster fell off. So he doesn't realize there's a, like like it would have made a difference. <laughs> like if he had been standing there and that fell off, we're like, oh, now I know who it is. No, no. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, he goes back to call, uh, you know, he's, he goes back um, and he's calling. I, I think they're calling. Are they calling the police at that point from the the care? Uh, uh, if I remember correctly, the intention to at least call the police was mentioned. Right. So. But then he sees that kid's drawing and he gets rough with that little girl and he makes her talk. Yeah. And then they go, they break into the elementary school and he tracks down the picture. And who drew that picture? His his gay alcoholic piano friend. Right. And I'm only I'm, I'm only including the gay part in there because they revealed as part of the character. I, you know, interestingly. Yes. When he when he goes to the, the, the apartment to find his, his alcoholic friend and he's answered the door by um, um, uh, an effeminate man. With a mustache. It's actually an actress dressed up. Why, well, I, I knew that. I knew that. But I'm, I just think it's interesting that instead of getting a guy dressed up like a girl, they got a girl dress up like a guy, dress up like a girl, pretending he's a man, pretending it's Victor Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was a weird choice. I did think that. I'm like, oh, it's interesting that they decided to go in this direction. I, I honestly, I didn't realize it was actually a woman until I, I read it somewhere. No, I knew immediately. I, well, that's because you're Italian. Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm just saying things. It, it, um, uh, you know what's interesting? <laughs> Before he started speaking... I just assumed it was a woman with a hair lip. I was just like, oh, it's just, uh, just a woman with a hairy lip. I mean, it happens. Wait, wait. All right. Hair lip or hairy lip? There's a difference. Oh, you're right. Hair lip is the, is the, yes. yeah, the cleft yeah, uh, palate kind of thing. Like yes. In, uh, Joaquin, uh, not, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, hairy lip. Right. Okay. I was just like, oh, she's difference. Just uh, it is a huge difference, actually. Um, Mom has a hairy lip. Mom has a hair lip. Huge difference. Huge. One needs surgery to be fixed. 
Um, right. Uh, but when the, when the scene came, before he started speaking, I was just like, oh, didn't wax this week. <laughs> I just really, I I just assumed well, it was a you woman. You know, Italian women. You know. Um, I just assumed it was a woman that just forgot to yeah. wax. And then he started talking. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I see what's I see what they're aiming for." But anyway, anyway. Um. So they're at the elementary school, and uh, he finds the kid's drawing. He's like, "I know who the killer is now." And it turns out that the name on the drawing, that the drawing was done by his his piano friend. Yes. You know, again, loose threads all lead back to the same thing. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um. So his 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 um his alcoholic friend stabs. Gianna and then holds him at gunpoint. It's like, I got to kill you. And, but then the cops show up and he runs. Right. And then probably one of the funniest scenes ever. Well, he, before he runs, he just basically, he's emotional because he goes, I really liked you. I told you not to get involved. Like we were talking he, about earlier in the episode. And we all know because he doesn't confess. He just says, I have to stop you. This is that. So it's, right. it's never actually said I killed all those people. Right. So well, you know that this is a, a is a red herring. Yes, and then go ahead. The funniest scene ever. Oh, if you want, I, I, you can describe it. I mean, he running well, away from the cops, and a, he gets hit truck. by a truck. <laughs> well, not even hit by a truck. The truck has scrap metal in the back. That's and the right. Grabs his leg, and, and he it gets dragged down the street, and he's just and dragging he says, and dragging and dragging, and then his head gets run over, Toxic no. Avenger style. No, 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 no. Before well, that, that's though, a movie like that's like, nine years later, but still. Two or three shots of him, like, ah! That's true. And, and then as flailing. they hit corners, it's whipping him against the, the curbs of smack. And smack. the guys driving inside have no idea. And they're kind of, like, laughing or, like, there's kind of right. something's going on in there. They're just talking. They're just like, hey, you know, you catch that movie? And, and like, I, you don't, I don't hear that, I, but you can kind of get the, the gist of what might be happening inside this vehicle. And, and I'm so, and I, I don't think there's any connection whatsoever. But speaking of Hitchcock, for some reason, I flash back to the truck scene in Frenzy. I don't know if you remember oh, that. Yeah, I, uh, the vague. hilarious scene where he's wrestling with the corpse in a potato truck, <laughs> and like the foot hits him in the mouth. Like, <laughs> like, aren't 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 dead women wacky? So, so wacky. But I don't think that's related because I'm pretty sure Frenzy came after this. I'm gonna um, check real Frenzy quick. Frenzy was was seventy eight. No, before this. Seventy two. Seventy two. I'll double check it, but I'm pretty sure I just saw seventy two. Yeah, 72. So oh, okay. Argento could have been influenced by that to have another truck scene with a killer. Sure. Again, there's really nothing connecting the two except the trucks involved, but I just get that feeling. Right. Um, oh, there's his head about to be run over. Oh, yeah. Great. Like, I mean, the timing is good. You, we were talking about him being dragged and those scenes in the slideshow came up. <laughs> oh, they meant timing in the movie. It's, it's, it's well shot. I mean, like they really. We do that really all the time where we're talking about it and it just happens to come up on the slideshow. Just like just like an Argento screenplay. Just like it. Right. So that whole thing happens, and then so the pianist is walking home, and he's like, "Wait a minute." He starts he to think about. A, he started thinking about it more. He can't be the killer. He was outside when I went up. He was there when I saw the, the murder happening. Right. How come that didn't occur to me before I had the cops chase him to his death? Damn. <laughs> and this is the this is the only reason I give this film credit as being one of the few Argento films that like works is because this is when he goes up and he breaks into the apartment that still has the, the police tape on it. He walks down the hall trying to figure out what's happening. And that picture just was up and is up now. And he realizes that the picture he thought he saw what, and it's actually, if you go back and watch the opening scene, it's there. So it's not even like they cheat. 
um, the picture he thought he saw was actually a mirror that was showing another painting, and in front of that painting was standing the killer. So he actually saw the killer, but he thought it was a painting. Got it. And I, I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool. And I yeah, no, it. well, I, I did, I did of, go back, you know, after I watched it. I did go back, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of neat that they actually did that. Yeah, I mean, and with all this, the, 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 the red herrings and the, the leaps of logic that defy any reality, that works. It's always worked for me. I think it's clever. Um, so I'm pretty sure it wasn't Argento's. <laughs> no. I just, and uh, and then, uh, you, now you said before with the arm wrestling scene between John and Marcus that there's a setup there. He does talk about men being stronger than women. Right. That's exactly what a, I was going to go for. And yeah. he, he does arm wrestle her and he accuses her of cheating. And then she's like, okay, I give up. You're a big, strong man. But... They, they do go through the – they do make it a point for him to say that men are stronger than women. Women are weaker. They're more gentle. You know, they're softer. And it really hammers home that the whole reason that this woman is killing everyone is now, because – or this woman. Uh, it, well, go ahead. You can reveal it. Oh, no. I'm not revealing that part yet. But maybe going okay. back more to that woman thing – uh, the director's cut, they, there's some additional scenes of him and uh, Gianna driving around in her car where the doors don't work and they have to climb through the roof. Right. You know, with the little, like, wacky music behind it because this is the lighthearted part. Uh, and it's weird. Like, Argento, like, when Argento did his version of Dawn of the Dead, he took out all the comedy. Yet right. in the deep red director's cut, all the comedy goes back in. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another reason I, I well, feel and, like and you know, an inconsistent director. Yes, and the thing is, uh, as much as there are scenes in the Argento cut that make no sense of the of uh, Dawn of the Dead, but, but they are, work better. But they're cooler. Yeah, they work better. Like like the one shot where I know what you're going to say. I know exactly. I know you know exactly what I'm going to say. It's the shot where they're all looking, uh, like through like the the boarded it's, up. Part. It's the SWAT, the SWAT scene in the beginning of the film, right? Yes, and they're all looking they, through there, and in the Argento cut, the arms just come through, and the goblin music starts, you know. Right. And in the Romero cut, there's really no build up to it. It's like, oh, there's zombies over there, you know. In the they, Arge- they, they, they open the door, and then the arms come through, right? But with our, I'm, 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 I'm I'm not getting it backwards, but I'm, I'm pretty sure with the Argento cut, they knock open the door, and then there's like ten seconds of them staring. Yeah, and then, they, right. It makes like, no oh, sense because they should have been looking zombies at zombies right the entire time. Exactly. But, it, but it's so much better. It, it works better. It is so much better because the and Romero this, cut, you know, it's... Listen, I love that Argento took all the music out and put it in his own, in his own made all the edits because the Romero cut, the music that they use in a lot of spots is terrible. Yeah. Especially uh, the end of the film where... Um, what's his face? <laughs> Right, and yeah. he's thinking about shooting his brains out, and then he decides not to, and it's like dun 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 dun. It's like a team style. It's just like dun 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 dun. America's great. I used to have conversations about the Dawn of the Dead versions with a racist comic book store owner, and and I I would complain about um about um Romero's song at the end of that that. Right. At, during the mall scene, the end credit scene, 
uh, when they're showing the mall with the zombies. And he's right. like, yeah, well, that's the kind of music you'd play at a mall. And I was like, dude, have you ever been to a fucking mall? No. Well, what are you talking about? I. Yeah. But anyway, the reason I brought up the car scenes that they cut out Sorry. is that when we talk about the whole um, male versus female dominance, submissiveness, or let's just say dominance. It's not really about submissiveness as much about which sex is more dominant. Um, again, his friend is an alcoholic who's kind of, you know, he's not dominant at all. He's very weak and he's also homosexual, which I don't know if that calls him weak, but from the 70s standpoint, it's part of the character. Um, so there's femininity there as opposed to the male dominance that he's, that Marcus keeps talking about. He's a pianist, so he shouldn't be talking to anybody about male dominancy, but also the whole thing with the car if you remember when he gets in the car, his seat slams down. So he's lower than her. Right. And he, that's yeah. important. Yes. That's, you know, again, that's where Argento works as a director. This is where I give him credit. You know, it, you know, not only are we doing levit, adding levity into the film as a breath of fresh air and establishing a character between these two. We're also showing that he is beneath the female in this. He is not the dominant, no matter how much he wants to be. Very true. Very, very true. So, yeah. which, 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 of course, is really displayed when at the end an old lady starts bitch slapping him. Because <laughs> you, because you find out that it's uh, Carlo's mother, who killed. Well, he meets earlier. Yeah, he meets yeah. earlier, but with, with the best running gag in the whole film. Oh yeah, you're an engineer. No, I'm a, I'm a piano player. <laughs> oh the, oh the engineer, right? No, 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 piano player. Ten times, because it's so funny. Yes, hilarious. Um, so uh, she kills his father because the father says that the son should have to go back to. Uh, the, no. What? He wanted to send her back. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why I lost he, that in translation. He, he wanted her to go to a, back to a psychiatric hospital, and it turns out he was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she kills him in front of her son, and that kind of scars her son for the rest of his life. But because and that's all foreshadowed, because like when I drink, I'm happy. Like this is this is a guy just trying to drown reality out of his fucking life. Right, and you know? of course, no matter what his mother does, he's attached to her um, completely. So she's killing people, and he's you know he knows that it's happening and he's trying to cover it up uh, with the, the his friend and and Gianna at the end they know too much i told you to stay out of this you know all of that and he, and his friend almost slips up at the, at um at the beginning cuz when he realizes that his friend was out there when the killer walked by he said did you see a guy a man walk by here before and he goes a man no <laughs> cuz he didn't see a man walk by he saw a woman walk by his mother right dressed like a mafioso yeah with the the hat and the just leather jacket. It's ridiculous. Well, she. But to be fair, she was trying to, you know, protect her identity while killing people. So I'll give her that. This is very true. Very true. And so, um, during the tussle, tussle, the tussle, her necklace gets caught in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And what does Marcus do? He sends that I, shit up. <laughs> and I like that. What I mean. Usually in films like this, I mean or, that was a high quality piece of uh, jewelry. I will say that. Uh, for sturdy, very sturdy. Yes. Um, I've always hated the the cliche where we can't have the hero kill the villain because the hero is bad becomes bad too. In this case, he's like, no. Oh, really? Bam! <laughs> Hit that button. 
And I, I don't See think it. that I don't think that the elevator necklace decapitation scene is really brought up enough when people talk about Argento. Maybe I'm not in the right conversations about Argento, but I really feel like it's a very overlooked scene that doesn't get a lot of attention. And I, I think it's, you know, there's one shot of the uh, necklace pulling tight and then they cut to an obvious like gelatin neck and it pulls through and then you, the severed head falls. Right. And then, and then at the ending, and, and I've always remembered the visual of the ending where it's just uh, Marcus's reflection in the blood where he's like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I, but I can't look away. But oh, God. But I can't. <laughs> and then, and then at the end, Argento's ego kicks in. He goes, "Oh, by the way, you've been watching Dario Argento's Deep Red." That's right. In case you forgot, I did this. That's right, bitch. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, because even the movie poster says, "When was the last time you were really scared?" Psycho, Jaws, which obviously they threw Jaws in there because it came out the same year. So. Well, I used to I used to have the original um, movie poster for Suspiria. Or one of the originals. I'm, I'm, I think you, know. you gave it to me. I, yes, I did, and because I didn't have the space for it. And um, yeah, it's in and, a box and somewhere. You. Now that I'm you. in the new, yeah, thank you. I love you too. But uh, uh, once I truly get acclimated into the house, I'm I'm putting up movie posters in this room. And I don't that, have that, any... That's going to be one of the posters. But the uh, the the tagline of that was the 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 only thing scarier than the first. 17 minutes of this film or the last 87 or numbers of that effect. Right. Yes. Yeah. So they're always doing that. But I mean like that, for me, that, that title at the end, if you've been watching Daryl Argento's deep red, I really just, I feel like that feeds into like the ego. I always get from Argento where he's one of these directors like, Oh, I'm an, he's like, he's like the Tim Burton of uh, horror films. It's like, <laughs> I'm an artist and I'm going to shove your face into it every chance I get, because you know what? I'm a goddamn artist. He's like, yeah, but are you, are you really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, I don't want to take anything away. If, if you know, if anybody's watching this and they're Argento fans, uh, so was I, and I still am to an extent. I still like this movie, uh, but I, I'm willing to point out the, the drastic flaws. So espresso, please. Um, <laughs> I, I'm willing. I, I'm willing to point out the flaws uh, because really, when I, just he just need, he, he's like Kevin Smith. Let someone else write your fucking movies direct a little bit and learn something right well even kevin smith has come out and said that he he, he makes fun of himself for not being a good director and but that's his fallback is self-deprecation that is not that's his, that, that is that is that is true that is, that is not a lie that yeah that's that's another reason why i get, I get tired of that it's like yeah yeah again not you know i don't know him as a person i'm not knocking him i'm just saying you know it's a, you well, know i've said least, it forever i i think i i would have a blast hanging out with him yeah, probably. You know, I'm not a dick. Yeah, I would. <laughs> it's not like I ever bumped into him. I'd be like, you know, yeah, f yeah, f fuck you. Uh, what was it? Jer Jersey Girl was a fucking sham. <laughs> like, no, I'd be like, dude, I, I saw Clerks three times in the theater. You know, it's like there, there were good times, too. Yeah. You know, not, yeah, I can't make it through five minutes of Red State. I'd be like, no, I thought Tusk was fucking cool. You know, why be a dick? Why if I bumped into Argento, I'd be like, hey, you know, <laughs> when I was a dumb teenager, I loved your stuff. <laughs> when I was dumb. You know? Now I'm not so dumb. Now, now I'm not so dumb, but I still get a kick out of it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Opera's got some great scenes. Does it make a lick of sense in the story frame? No. No. You know? And let's not talk about Dario Argento's Phantom of the Opera. Uh, let's not do that. Let's save that for when we challenge it to each other. I am not a man. I am a rat. 
Adrian Sands watches <laughs> watches his career like Sands through the hourglass. Julian it's Sands. All down, it's all down here. Julian from, Sands. Julian Sands. Sorry, no, I'm thinking of Adrian Brody. Julian Sands. Yeah. Yeah. They go. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone loved you in fucking Warlock. Now, now look at you. That's right. Everyone did like him in Warlock. I was raised by rats. <laughs> Have you met the penguin? Yeah. What the fuck? Have you ever seen Willard? Yeah. Again, Argento. <laughs> Read that book. And, and, see, see Tim Burton, penguins in the sewer. Argento's like, ow, oh, oh, rats in the sewer. Yeah, that works. It works. And anyway, yeah. I. I mean, great visuals in the film. Yes. I, yeah, I'll, I will. I will un, until I go back and revisit like some of his older stuff, Four Flies and Gray Velvet, Cat of Nine Tails. Those I really haven't seen those. I saw those like once when I was a kid. So you know, I, I can't really compare this to those at this point. But as far as like comparing to the ones everybody talks about, so, you know, the Witches Trilogy, Opera, um, Stendhal Syndrome, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is the only one out of those where I think that there's a good movie there. Well, uh, still has flaws, but of, I, of course. I think it's and, solid. and you know what? Uh, if you go to the IMDb page, it's very high on IMDb. It's a seven point six on IMDb. This is Joey's way of trying to wrap up the show. Uh, it's our. It's my way of moving along. Yes. Yes, I, I, and I agree. I think we've said, we've, I've said we've already talked I, about the ending. I mean, there's really nothing much more I, to talk I, about. I've outlined the main points I had about it. I, I, I think we've we've kind of covered the gamut of the film. There you go. Great visuals, shitty storyline, but I like the resolution at the end, and I, I think as as a solid ending. Now, uh, you know, like phenomena. No. But, no, but for Argento, it's solid. It's it's no monkey de- it's no monkey decapitation by mirror. I'll give you that. <laughs> And I might be a little foggy on those facts, but even if I'm not, that's still fucking wrong. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. 7.6. I, I think people recognize this as one of his better films. I think so. Uh, maybe not most popular. Um, I, it definitely makes a shitload more sense than Suspiria ever did. And I don't, you know, you know, defend that all you want. Great visuals, but little else. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would give this film a solid seven. I don't know if I'd go eight. No, because... I would never go eight on this. Just because once you delve into the eight area in my opinion you're talking about in my opinion you're talking about potentially oscar nominated stu- uh, stuff see when you say deep red eight stars immediately i i flash to that that doll running at the professor through the room exactly I'm like no seven seven yeah, no no one i i mean you have some diehards that probably gave this eights nines and tens but uh no this is this is a seven this is an above average this is an above above average film um it's one of dario argento's best if not the best thing he's ever done again with a couple of exceptions that i have to go back and rewatch i would say this is his best work and i and you know yeah you every director has there's there's any director that has a fan base you're gonna have disagreements on that whatever this is mine there you go um so you want to say seven 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 is fine it is yep and see, last time I got the, uh, I was able to get the demographics, and oh, there they are. Wow, a lot of eighteen and unders on this one. I mean, compared to last week's episode. Oh, yeah. Add two. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like it's really like six and seven across the board. The lowest one is females under eighteen, and they're right. It, it, for for being a film that's pro feminine dominance. 
it's still a very misogynistic film when it comes to the murders. Um, but I think that's when you're killing women, I don't, I just really think that's not avoidable. Yeah, true. It's me. Yeah. All right. So, 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 so Joey. Yes. Are we still going to be in 1975 next week? Fuck yeah. Ah, what we got? So, I mean, and believe me, I, 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 I want to get the 1976. That is my birth year. So we're going with another horror film. I'm, okay. All right. All right. You all know, right. Uh, believe me, there's a few more things we can do in 1975, but I want to challenge this one. Although I think at some point you will challenge this to me if we stayed in 1975 anyway. All right. But I actually made this decision. I had a short list of, of films. Uh, I had a short list of films, uh, three actually, that I was going to challenge you to. Okay. But... When we were talking earlier, you were talking about your upcoming trip that you're going to be going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I got to go with this film because these uh -uh. people are going on, on a, they're going to the same state. Really? <laughs> they're going from Texas to Colorado. And I was like, I have to challenge Scott to this movie. <laughs> No, wait, wait, wait. This, 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 this isn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll give you the synopsis. Two couples vacationing together in an RV from Texas to Colorado are terrorized after they witness a murder during a satanic ritual. Starring Peter Fonda, Warren Oates, and Loretta Swit. Why am I drawing a blank on this? Because it's not very popular. Once you hear the title of the film, you'll be like, oh, yeah, but I've never seen it. it came out in 1975. Not the hills have eyes. It's not the hills have eyes. <laughs> what? Huh? It does. I'm a it does have the. It does have the word race in the title, and the word devil in the title. Race with the devil. It is race with the devil. I yeah. I think I've only saw seen movie posters. I don't think I've ever. I've never. I've definitely never watched. I've that. never seen this film. But when you said you were going to Colorado, I'm like. These people are terrorized going from Texas to Colorado. I'm like this. This is this. I have to. Now I have oh just watching that this weekend. Get the little lady strapped in. We're go, we're doing this together. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I'm Man. Like, I mean, talk about you know uh, re, you know uh, sending a film your way that it's just like you're about to leave from Texas to go to Colorado, and these people are doing the same thing. Now I got to rent an RV. You got to rent an RV. Uh. Just don't make meth in it. And they accidentally see a satanic ritual? Well, it says here, it says they That's witness... That's a run of bad luck. They say they witness a murder during a satanic ritual. So it's not just the satanic ritual they witness, but the actual murders that takes place during it. Because otherwise, it'd yes. be like, oh, look at that. Well, they're probably out in the middle of nowhere. I, I ha Again, I haven't seen the film. I'm assuming they're in an RV, so they're living in, in this RV as they travel. And they probably park this thing in the middle of nowhere and... They are out in nature, and I can imagine that they see something, which turns out to be the satanic ritual, and someone is murdered. And they freak out. They probably go back to the RV. They see them, and now they're being chased. I'm guessing that that's how that goes, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's pretty close. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like, I, I feel like it's, it's like Judgment Night was a, was a remake of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except instead of witnessing a, a satanic ritual, it's it's Dennis Leary killing a guy. 
<laughs> Which is almost the same thing, really. It's almost the same thing. Oh, that's it. Uh, nice to dig. I mean, this this last movie that we reviewed, I was I was happy to rewatch an old film I hadn't seen in a while and watch different versions of it and get down and dirty with just like comparing the two. And really, when you get a chance, watch the director's cut. Well, if you watch my version, that's gonna uh, be you, that's gonna be the version that I'm gonna end up putting keeping in my collection so I'll, I'll watch it all i'm saying is that when you do watch it if you watch the cut i've got where it's dubbed except for the scenes that were cut out you'll be you you even if you don't recognize some of the scenes it'll kind of really tell you what you're watching okay and it's really interesting to see what they cut out and how it's like okay it's longer and less scary but there's also more you know humanity in this so <laughs> all right. it, it's really it's really hard to say which cuts better well, yeah. Which is why I'm keeping both. I might just do the same thing as well. That's why I have no one's going to appreciate it but me, so I may as well just do it. See, that's why I have four four copies of Dawn of the Dead. I do know? too. I do See, too. And and I used to have three copies of Supergirl. I trimmed that down to two, so I'm doing better. Uh, did I just keep the European cut? I think I just kept the European cut. If you're going to keep a cut of Supergirl, it might as well be the two-hour and 20-minute version. Am I right? That's right, baby. That's just the <laughs> way, just we, way are. we are. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but Dawn of the Dead. So I have uh, Theatrical. Right. I have the Argento cut. Uh-huh. I have the extended cut. And then there's a, an extended mall cut or fan something. That's yeah, right. a fan edit where they, they took all the versions together. So like they, it's our gentle version, right. but with the humorous cuts from Romero, it's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I have, I have, Jesus, I have four cuts too. Now, what I, I've never actually watched like all four in a row. No. I don't think I've ever watched two in a row. I've just like, throughout my life, I've watched, um, actually, I, I've never watched the mall, the mall cut edit, the fan edit. Me I neither. Have it, I have it, but I, I've, just I've never, never done it. Because because I've already seen the film 50 times by this, <laughs> by now. I'm almost not interested, but I have to have it. But, you know, sometime I have to go back and watch it. Yeah, true. Very true. But I think that's the film I have the most versions of. Yeah, no, I don't have. Yeah. I don't and have. Now with, yeah, I don't have. A, another, it, I don't have another film where I have that many. And everybody's talking about alternate versions now that the Zack Snyder Justice League cuts coming out. My God, I'm hard just thinking about it. <laughs> Oh, and I oh. like the just I like the uh, oh the, the Joss Whedon cut of it. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun, but I, I like. I want to see Zach's cut. Oh yeah, you know it's going to be darker. You know it's going to it's going to it's going to have more meat. Um, what amazed me is like when you watch the the first trailer they gave, not that new one where it's the whole box thing, but when right. they had the first trailer, the Comic Con trailer. Right. I was just blown away by how much new material was just in the trailer. Oh yeah, no, it's. It's a, this is like it's a four-hour cut. It's like it's it's this is like bigger than the Donner cut. The Donner cut used to be the the gold standard of like alternate versions. Right. Yeah. No. This is huge. This is they've already said that you're going to be watching an almost completely different film. And the thing is, Holly still has not watched Justice League, and she has no interest in it. She's really kind of fallen out of the superhero thing. Okay. And I I want to force her to watch it, and then I want to I want to tie her down and force her to watch the four hour version with me. Yeah, that's six hours oh, of, this, of of Justice oh, League. Six of it? Is it just two hours? I thought it was like two and a half. No, it's like an hour and fifty five minutes. It's just really? a, it, feels, it's, it's, it feels long. It's a two hour movie, and then this yeah. is supposed to be a four hour cut. Yeah. 
So the and only thing I don't like, and I've talked to you about this, and I said we would talk about it on a show, so we may as well spend five minutes and talk about it right now. Okay. The aspect ratio of all the trailers, if anyone has noticed, it is a oh, yeah. 4-3 full screen aspect ratio. And this, Zack this Snyder... Yeah, Zack Snyder... Well, if anyone doesn't, if anyone doesn't know what 4-3 is... Uh, just look up uh, on Google. Just, just Google CRT television, okay? Just or CRT monitor. Just a big fucking square. That is a four-three aspect ratio. What you have come to know as your widescreen television, which is a one-eight-five widescreen aspect ratio. Uh, from what I understand, Zack Knighter has gone out on record to say that his cut of this film that you will be watching on HBO Max is going to be in 4.3 because his intention was for this to be shown on the big giant IMAX screens. Now, that's all fine and great, but I don't have a fucking giant IMAX screen in my fucking house. I have widescreen televisions. Suck it up. Stop it. So, and and what I also think is going to happen... How many pixels on that screen? So many pixels. So many. Um, so what I think is going to happen is, you know, HBO Max is a streaming service. They want to make money. They want to make money on this because from what I understand, the movie costs $250 million initially. Okay. I guess you can include print and advertising in that, but the initial cost was 250. Zack Snyder leaves around 90, 95% of the way through the film. Okay. Warner Brothers brings in Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon decides to heavily cut scenes of this down to a two-hour movie and include a shit ton of reshoots. So they ended up spending something like an extra $50 million in that range because Henry Cavill was making another film where he had a full beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had to CGI out this fucking beard. Because he couldn't shave it for this other movie he was doing. Mm. And it is so noticeable. It is ri- I, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't feel the same way. I, I'm still I still think everybody makes makes too big a deal out of that. And I I feel like it's one of those excuses people make. Well no, it's now, it, listen, I enjoy the Justice League, even with the CGI cavil. But here's, here's my the, problem with it. Yeah. The fact that so much of the film was cut out. For these reshoots is what bothers me. Not that they yeah. spent money to CGI it out. Well, and, and don't it, forget it's too. Just give me a break. You have s- four hour cut of the movie. Why? Why? And don't forget too. Zack Snyder wasn't like fired off the set like 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 the like with Donner or um like say with the uh with the two different versions of um uh oh, the payback. Exorcist. Oh no, I'm thinking <laughs> payback. Fuck the Exorcist. Um. But like like Zack Snyder had a family tragedy and had to leave. Yeah. And so they brought. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, you're 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 fucking this up. We're kicking you out. Let's bring in someone to fix it. It was like, okay, Josh, come in here and finish this. He's like, oh yeah, let's fix this. Right. It's like, wait, no, that's not what we wanted. To do. But and I, I'm sure the studios were behind Josh doing it. But what I find interesting is that uh, Zack Snyder had a darker version of Dark Knight of uh, Justice League, and Josh Whedon made it lighter. He's he's got some comedy in there, just right, some lighthearted effects. Like for instance, oh no no hold on, I'm okay. going to make a point here. Okay, but rewind back to Firefly. Oh, and the 
big thing with Firefly is they did it. He did a pilot, and then the network was like, "Oh, this is too dark. You need to make it funnier." And so they purposely made the new pilot just goof, like almost like they were making fun of themselves for being so goofy. Like he's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like the big joke was like he did it to spike the, the network because they made him do a new pilot because they thought it was too dark. And then he does the exact opposite with Justice League. So in in some ways, I feel like Joss really is a wimp when it comes to standing up to studios. Probably. Has, I, it's probably I, I, yeah. And he I was, love Joss Whedon's stuff, so I'm not oh, yeah, yeah. bashing I'm him. I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Love I, that. I, I, but I, I feel like his artistic integrity is a little lower than some of these people that like walk off of like these, um, like um, like Nolan when he was supposed to do uh, Batman, the first Batman years ago. And he was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not you doing mean, it. You mean want... Aronofsky. Aronofsky, I meant. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So many different names. But like Aronofsky was like, yeah, he wanted to do year one. It's like, ah, and it's like, we don't want to do that. It's like, well, fuck you, I'm leaving. And now we're getting year one. Now Matt Reeves is doing year one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, but you just like all these directors that like walk off of these jobs or, or get fired halfway through because they, they, ha- they, they won't cede this artistic integrity of their vision. And Joss is like, all right. <laughs> so, I, I mean, he still makes good films. I'm not knocking him as a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of weird that you have that dichotomy. That's yeah. all. So so but, Zack Snyder has said, you know, no one is doing f- movies in 4.3. I wanted something different. You know, it was intended for IMAX. So this is this is the version you're going to see. Personally, I don't fucking care. Hey, if, 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 Wes, if Wes, I'm a fucking artist, Anderson can do four different, uh, <laughs> four different, ratios oh, right. in in a hotel budapest hotel whatever it's called the grand budapest um, hotel grant you thank you grand budapest hotel give him the four three stop busting his balls no no no. well here's the thing he, he's saying that now that's how you're going to see it on hbo max if you subscribe i don't believe there's going to be an extra cost for it possibly maybe i don't know i know it comes out next week it comes out on march 18th which is a week from today fucking <laughs> But the oh. one thing I want to say real quick is that with the whole Justice League Zack Snyder cut has, has brought up the whole alternate version things. And maybe it's because I'm almost 50, but like, like I've been invited to Facebook groups about films like the Joe Bob Briggs thing and horror fans right. thing. And everybody just wants to fucking scream and fight about what's good and what's bad. And I'm getting tired of it, even though that's what we do here. But I think we do it out of love. Sure. I mean, like, we're reviewing films that are bad, but usually we love them anyway. Of course. I mean, again, uh, you know, this movie case in point, but I, I'm, you know, if you, if you breeze through YouTube and again, the guys with the 10 or 12 minute reviews that are trying to just, uh, just to placate is like, Oh, this is why justice league suck balls. And this is why, you know, this is why suicide squad was the worst film ever. Like, All right. Cut me some slack. But now they're doing the same thing with his alternate version saying, which alternate version was better. And, a lot of these alternate versions, like Payback specifically, I like both versions. Yeah. I I, I have a feeling that after I watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'm still going to love the other one, too. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. You know? I, um, I, I saw the, the original Justice League in a theater, and I really enjoyed it. You know, it was funny. I was... Because if you go on Facebook or Instagram or any other social media sites, HBO is heavily you know, pushing Justice League because it is coming out in, the, in another week, but they've been pushing it for months. Oh, yeah. So I was on YouTube and it came across, I was looking at something and then it came across and uh, 
or I was on Facebook before it took me to YouTube and I was looking at the comments and one person basically said, you know, uh, and they're not doing this, by the way, they were going to release it in four parts, like a mini series, but now they're just releasing it just one four hour cut. But this person obviously didn't realize that they were doing it in one cut instead of the four part mini series. So this person said, you know, I, you know, I really hate that they're doing it in a mini series. I'm just going to wait, you know. I don't think I'm going to watch this yet. I think I'll wait until it's one cut of the film because I think that's what I really want to do. And someone replied to him and all they said was, no one fucking cares what you're going to do. <laughs> and I just laughed so hard. <laughs> it's like nobody fucking cares what you're going well, to do. It, you know what? Like a lot of this comes down to like people may try want to make it personal because they want to argue. Right. Um, I, and again, I, I admit the personal aspects of my relationship with Argento's work, but at the same time, we're, we're discussing a, a, uh, critically a piece, a film. So we're going to discuss the, the merits of it, good or bad. Um, like, like I, like the YouTube series, they have, um, every, everything wrong with and everything great about. I love both those series. And like when, when they have, when, but like, the, like they have certain ones, everything wrong with, uh, a film I love. Right. I just don't watch it. Yeah, I just, so. it, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the whole idea is like, let, let's let's get people into an argument about which, you know, which version is better. So it's, can we just enjoy both? I mean, but like, but every time, like, I can't. Very few director's cuts actually make the film better. They just make a different film. And usually, like, what's the uh, that that low budget truck film with uh, um, Candy Cane? Oh. Um, um. That was Joyride. Joyride, like, I, I, like uh, when you get the, the special edition, they reshot the last like half hour. That the whole third act is different. Yeah. In the original version, but they reshot it because of test audiences. When you go back and watch both versions, it's like, yeah, you know what? Both have their pluses and minuses. I, very seldom is it like, okay, we took a piece of shit right. and made 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 excellence out of it. Rarely is that the case. Even the downer cut. It's like, okay, I can see why they wanted to get rid of some stuff, but this is interesting. I find it more interesting than polarizing. And I, I think there's way too much polarizing in all of this stuff. And I just realized now I started the show by saying, fuck you. So <laughs> I'm really not making a good case. But no, no. But it's I fine. Just, it's I fine. Just, and again, like I said, two different versions of Argento. I think both are interesting cuts of the film. Both have their pluses and minuses. Yeah. So all in all, uh, you know, we're we're done reviewing Deep Red. We're done Sorry. talking about Justice League. I think that you're going. We're going to be forced to watch the four-hour cut in some IMAX four-three aspect ratio nonsense, and I'm then fuck that version. <laughs> <laughs> and then magically, you're going to find out, you know, later on, possibly soon, that there's going to be this. Other glorious, either 185, 235, 240, perfect widescreen cut of the movie. It's, I mean, definitely possible. No, it's not possible. It, you're de there's definitely going to be a widescreen version of this. There is no way that the 4-3 aspect ratio is going to be the version that you are going to watch forever. It is not going to happen. I will fucking put money on it. I, I wouldn't bet against you. Let me put it that way. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and end this because we're like... 35 minutes longer than I actually intended. I'm sorry. It's your fault. It is my fault. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm no, it's my I'm fault. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to three pre, I'm going to 3d print a copy of the justice league, Zack Snyder cut. And I'm just going to fuck it. Urgh. Urgh. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> you can Definitely go. Not. What? 
No, no, everything's fine. <laughs> Sorry. You can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can, you can, all you got to do is enable Adobe Flash. I know. I haven't redesigned the site yet. It's coming. I promise. We're working on it. We'll, 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 we'll also have a new opening as soon as Joey gets me the music. Yes, I know. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I promise. That is a mm. promise. I will do it. it. As long as it's on my computer, which I believe it is. Um, you can download our show from our website. You can go to iTunes and you can get it from there. You can also just do a general search on Google for Movie Sucktastic and you will find our shit literally everywhere. Um, so you can also go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can listen uh, to our rants and ravings over there. Everything we post goes there. You can leave us email the movie guys at moviesucktastic.com. You can leave us voicemail at 908 514 And uh, we hope to hear from you. Mr. Wilson, do you have any words of wisdom? A perverted mind. <laughs> Murderous mind. Murderous mind. You will kill again. Ah! <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us as always. Thank you very much. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. No, seriously, I'm going to fuck Snyder's copy. I know you are. I'm going to, oh. Question and I just know what's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wreck that movie. You might call me afterwards. I might not answer the phone because it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be March 18th and I'll be like, he's calling me. He, I'm going to live stream it. He just had sex with Justice League Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Always <gasps> leaving me. Set it backwards. I've never felt this way about anything. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Let's fake this shit out now. All right. Okay. Bye.